Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Recorded from Detroit, Michigan and Jacksonville, Florida. The Infectious Groove Podcast is your source for jammy jams, album reviews, and the best in-depth music discussion. Thanks for joining us. Now here are your hosts. Well, hello and welcome back to the Infectious Groove Podcast. We have taken a lot of yelling and screaming and angrily worded tweets at us for taking our uh, two weeks off, but the drought is over. We have returned. This is the season seven premiere of the Infectious Groove Podcast. My name is Ross and along with me this week, holy cow, hold your horses, hang on to your hat, choose your metaphor. Michelle returns to the Infectious Groove Podcast. How are you doing, Michelle? Where's my applause? (laughs) I will make this promise to you. (laughs) By the third episode of this season, which is your next appearance on the podcast, I will put an applause button onto the soundboard just for you. Mm, I guess, or I'm not coming. I feel like it wouldn't get old for you, though. Like, it's not even like, oh, you didn't do it on the first one, so you ruined it. Like, like every time, you will never tire of hearing applause for yourself. Absolutely. It's like um, when they compliment Dr. Cox on scrubs and then they're like well, yeah but he's heard it all before and they're like it doesn't matter like they just he just needs to hear compliments right you know yeah. what i think my all-time favorite scrubs moment is is the who cares awards i really <laughs> I, like I, I just though i love when dorian wins and it's like this is dame jo- dorian's first <laughs> first first win and fourth nomination or well uh, it's just fantastic uh anyway so a rated show it is. It is. So we were on a uh, vacation. You were on a three-week vacation, which must have been glorious. Michelle, how did you spend your summer vacation? Um, I did nothing. I did nothing. I, I went to work and I came home and I played with my baby and I went back to work and repeat. Well, I did all sorts of stuff. I uh, started going to the gym regularly for the first time in my entire life. And uh, nope, nope, not looking to get swole, just looking to not be fat anymore or or some semblance of not fat anymore. And so I got in a pattern where I went three times a week for three weeks in a row. And then as of the day that we're recording this, I went four times in this week for the first time in my life. We're only five days into the week. uh, Yeah, I know. I'm going to be, I'm going to try really hard to go Monday through Thursday because Friday night is karaoke night where I undo at least one of the gym days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as you do, and as we've said on the show previously, um, I was roommates with Michelle for a very long time and Michelle can attest to this. I've never gone even, I don't think I've, I think I went on my way to drive around gyms like up up until this point. So it's a big deal for me to have, uh, having done that. So that could be a win for everybody if, you know, I lose some weight and live longer. And then another thing that I spent our, uh, summer vacation doing is continuing to work away on our YouTube channel, uh, which is just at youtube.com slash infectious group podcast, where we now have three videos every week. So there's a five minute, five to 10 minute video on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And whether or not Michelle believes it, we uh, just just as of this week got over 100,000 views on the YouTube channel and we're just under 1,700 subscribers, which I think is awesome. Very, okay. very, yeah, yeah, very, very pleased with that. Prior to recording tonight, Michelle and I were in the very early stages of discussing her possibly for realsies showing up on the YouTube channel eventually. So that, eventually. May, that might be happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to quote an Aaron Sorkin character, eventually is a wonderful time of day. It so, is. Yeah. So uh, having said that, 
when we rounded out season six, uh, that was done with Kyle and I, and we did a discussion about musical gatekeeping. Uh, but before that, Michelle was involved in a review of the world's greatest album, Pink Floyd, The Wall. And as always, Michelle, you have to shake your head up and down to be yes. For some reason, you were shaking it back and forth. Uh, having said that. Oh, that's where Zoe gets it. We have. <laughs> that is where she gets it. We have feedback from all sorts of different episodes that rounded out the last season. So here we go. Feedback, Joe. Don't worry about that. Right. Rock and roll be without feedback. Regarding our review of The Wall, listener John writes in and says, So I had to sit down and listen to this in its entirety. I did that today, and what an awesome show. I really did appreciate Michelle's candor and good sportsmanship, and the uh, and she gave the album a fair shot in listening to it all the way through. I like, by the way, that that's a thing for people is like, yay, Michelle listened to the whole album. Like, I, I mean, I usually do. <laughs> usually do. Uh, John goes on to say, I get that it's not for everyone, but it's my personal favorite album of all time. Lauren also brought up a good point in that it's something that guys generally connect to more so given the motif follows more commonly through a male lens experience of life. My wife appreciates the album and she saw Roger Waters perform it twice with me, but acknowledges it doesn't resonate with as deep with her. Great show. Uh, the only things I missed from the concert is when the Tigers broke free and uh, which wasn't on the album or and Pink Floyd never performed live. And the song, What Shall We Do Now, which would be one of my top four if it had been on the album. But nonetheless, it's a masterpiece of an album. All in all, it's a great album and a great review with something for everybody, that for people who haven't heard it, to diehard fans of the album. I give both the album and the review a 10 out of 10, which I think is awesome. Yay! Further follow-up, our friend uh, EMZ from Over the Pond uh, on Twitter says that the latest episode of the Infectious Groove podcast reviewing the wall is fab. Russ often maintains composure and tries to remain unbiased and respectful of other other people's opinions, even Michelle's, but not today. (laughs) Uh, But not today. I love the passion that this episode incites, which I think is great. Our friend Mohamed Riza from even further away from us over in Iran says – Uh, Hello, Infectious Group Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I listened to the MJ version of Smooth Criminal before, but this is the first time I listened to the cover of By Alien Ant Farm. And let me tell you something. Every time I listen to that type of song, I try not to judge, but I'll judge them by the original. And regardless of the artist, I just listen to both songs and decide which one is better. In my opinion, MJ version is far and away the better song, and it's not even close. Anyway, thank you for the great program. Hope you read my message. Mohammed Riza from Iran. And yeah, buddy, we always read your messages, and we are grateful to have uh, listeners from all over the earth, literally. And uh, we are so happy to get feedback from you every week. Hope you are doing well. Our friend Aaron from the I Had to Say It podcast said, what a great season wrap-up from the IGP crew. Granted, I've never felt more personally called out in my life, but it's worth a listen nonetheless. Uh, The guys were saying, yay positivity and being reasonable. Boo, ranty, loudest voice in the room, negativity. I feel attacked. All all jokes aside, go listen. Uh, Jamie Porter uh, weighs in, and this was regarding Jammy Jams from our season finale, Michelle, where Kyle was trying to think of a brother-sister group that he had heard of, and he couldn't remember the name of the group or how to pronounce their name. Jamie writes in and says, I swear to God, when Kyle was talking about his Jammy Jams and said that uh, it was a brother-sister group, but he couldn't pronounce it, I was hoping to God he would mispronounce the White Stripes. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. I think that's fantastic. Uh, Our friend Detention writes in and says, I used to be really bad at gatekeeping, but then I remembered that I learned a lot of new bands through Guitar Hero series like Bad Religion and the deeper cuts from Black Sabbath and Matthew Sweet. I was prime fodder for people to uh, start gatekeeping me. The one thing that irritates me a little bit is when an older song gets popular through whatever means, and then that song just gets overplayed and ran into the ground where I start to resent the song that I used to like. And actually, Michelle... Kyle and I covered a lot of different ways that gatekeeping can happen from like you hear, you know, a classic song in a movie and then all of a sudden older people are like, oh, you know, you don't know that. I know that, you know, that type of thing all the way up to like Stranger Things using Kate Bush or Metallica. But uh, Detention brings up a great point that we didn't even touch on was like how many people heard Stranglehold or whatever for the first time in their lives because of Rock Hero and Guitar Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I like Rock Hero. Yeah, we should just make that a new. We'll just make that a new game. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's that's a good point that um, that it probably um, has 
educated the younger generation a lot on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, EMZ, who wrote in previously about our review of The Wall, writes in regarding that musical gatekeeping episode. Just finished the season finale of Infectious Group podcast, and I'd never heard the term musical gatekeeping before, but I had experienced it. <laughs> and I've also been an arsehole, she says, about doing it. Um, <laughs> personally, experiences differ, or personal experiences differ, but if you've been an outcast of your music choice, then suddenly becomes popular for a frivolous reason, like, say, TikTok, then it can hurt because it means more to you than some stupid damn dance or lip sync. Uh, I think it's difficult to see past the reason something becomes popular, but once you reach that level of acceptance, life is so much easier and more positive. Uh, I think it was Russ who said, you like that, then listen to this. And that's the way I deal with it. Now you're spreading more joy and more music and of TV, film, art, and sports, regardless of the initial consumption source. And I think that's another great point too. Like where you can, like, I know Kyle, is famous for that. Like he hates TikTok, and he, you know, like we even talked on the episode. Kyle was like, "I try hard not to do musical gatekeeping, but every time my son is like, oh, that song's from TikTok,' I'm like, no, it's not.' You know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's hard, and he does say that all the time. Yeah. Our friend Garrett over at the Ever Trending Story podcast writes in and says, uh, what a fantastic discussion regarding musical gatekeeping, but I am a firm believer that there are some good Creed songs. Enjoy your break. Garrett, that's not true. Uh, there are no good Creed songs. Is he trolling you? Well, no, I, in, in all seriousness, there's a couple of Creed songs I don't mind. They just become, they've been my punching bag in life for so long that it's just fun for me to throw them under the bus on on the show every so often. Uh, The Latin Jukebox podcast writes in and says, I just listened to Keeper at the Gates episode of Infectious Group podcast. And wow, what a great episode. Uh, I agree also on the side note that the corn version of Another Brick in the Wall is pretty good. Great episode for us music lovers. And I definitely give this episode a five-star rating, which I think is great. Now that was a little bit longer than usual for our feedback, but that's because we had a couple weeks off and we had feedback from a lot of different episodes come in. And I like that most of the Michelle centric feedback was uh, people just being amazed that I was able to call myself in the onslaught of your uh, critiques, Michelle. I think they're amazed that I listened to a whole record. Yeah, there definitely was some uh, shock. And I would say rightfully so of you, of, of you listening. I mean, in, in that record in particular, and I don't think, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the episode, but you know, generally I say, Hey, this is the album we're going to review. And then I know when you've started listening to the record, because I get at least one or two snide remarks, no matter what album it is, unless it's your personal pick, I get one or two snide remarks about the record. And that's how I yeah. know that you've started listening to it. And with this one, it was, I got a text message that read, it's uh, apropos of nothing. I got a text message that read 26 songs with a exclamation point and a question mark. And I was like, ah, Michelle started listening to the wall. <laughs> so. And wasn't it like 68 minutes or something? No, it's like 70, uh, it's like 82 minutes or something along those lines. And I was like an hour and 22 minutes. And you're like, no, it's 82 minutes. And I was like, it's the same thing. What you yeah. actually said was, I didn't realize that either. And if you want, I, I'll be happy to bring that chat up, take a screenshot and post it on our Twitter if you'd like. Ugh, semantics. Moving right along. Our jammies. Our jammy jams. It's the most exciting segment in all of podcasting where we tell you what we've been listening to and why we've been listening to it. And, um, I hope she's the most prepared she's ever been for this segment because I'm going to turn it over to Michelle and ask you, what are your jammy jams? So I have been listening to a few things. This is where I would use the, the applause, by the way. Uh, wherever you want to use it, as long as it's in regards to me, it's perfectly fine. Got it. So I don't remember. This is starting off great. No. So like, I don't remember if it was my jammy jams last time, but it's still my jammy jam. So it's fine. I don't think it was the Marcus Mumford solid record. Oh, this is a twist because when you first listened to it, you sent me a text saying that you it was in fact not going to be a Jamie Jam. No, but I said I think it's bad, and it has grown on you as a whole. Or well, it's, tell no, me, no, not as a whole. Um, I keep listening to the record, and there's definitely some standout tracks for me. Specifically, he has a track with Brandy Carlo, mm. which is everywhere. I swear to God, everywhere, um, everything she she's on though is awesome. Though, so. yeah. So she has a um, song with her called How, and that's that is my current jam off the record, but it changes weekly. So that's that's my current jam off that record. And then Noah Cyrus had a new record come out. Hmm. Um, I just so, watched her in an episode of a TV show last night. You did? Yeah, she was in an episode of American Horror Stories, the short form version, not the whole season long thing. Yeah. What song? 
Oh, she was actually in it? Yes, she was a character on the show. And ah. and and uh, Paris Jackson was on the same uh, episode. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the album's called The Hardest Part. And there had been some teaser tracks for the last probably year or so, I feel like. But the ones that stand out to me um, is I Burned L.A. Down, Ready to Go, and Loretta's song. She also does a song with her dad called Noah Standstill, which I like as well. So that's kind of cool. And then in addition to that, because we've been off for so long, I have more. It's just uh, uh, Rob Zombie, because I was in a mood the other day. You were digging through the ditches and running through the witches. I, I definitely was. I went to three gas stations, and I couldn't get any gas because the lines were out. Like, so there was no room at the pumps. Dragula it is. And I literally put that on and cranked it as loud as my car stereo would go. And now, I was like, I guess I just run out of gas on the freeway. Sonically, there's not much of a difference, but have you dabbled much in White Zombie like before he went solo? There's a couple singles I feel like I know, but... Um, I know you whenever, for sure know Thunderkiss and More Human Than Human. Oh, More Human Than Human is another jam. And then uh, there's another Rob Zombie song that I forgot that I liked. I just, while you're looking that up, I really think that you would like the whole album that More oh. Human Than Human comes from, which is Astro Creep. That whole record is great. Living Dead Girl. Oh, right, right, right. I always forget that that was a big single. Yeah. So that was my theme for like an entire day. Um, I was definitely Krabby Pants. <laughs> what, the language. <laughs> <laughs> I was not pleasant. But yeah, I'll tell you what, I got to be honest with you. I'm sure a lot of people are overjoyed that we're back. We are overjoyed that we're back. But I feel like we got some lawsuits coming our way from the whiplash people are going to have from their heads throwing back from you not only having one, but several Jamie Jams and some good reasons why you're listening to what you're listening to. Before we move on to my Jamie Jams, I do have one question. Are you, you are seeing Mark, Marcus Mumford in concert soon, Right? Or am I making that up? I know you're seeing him. I just don't know when. Yeah, it's like the 20... Near the end of this month, October, (laughs) yes? It's like a Tuesday in the 20s. Gotcha. Okay. That's another thing. While we were off, I saw Ringo Starr in concert for the first time ever. And then uh, at the same venue a couple days later, I saw Jack White. And coming up soon, uh, I have Weird Al in concert. And then uh, rounding out the month will be Stevie Nicks, who will be the fourth time I've seen her overall uh, second time solo. I saw her twice with Fleetwood Mac. And then I saw her once solo in the late 90s. And I'm going to go see her again. So that'll be fun. It is exciting. As far as my Jamie I would Jams, see her, but I'm not paying. Her, I'm not paying that money. It's a lot of money. Uh, she was it's already be like a Tom Petty situation pretty soon, but yeah, she's she's like I think she's 78, 77, yeah. 78, something like that. But as far as my uh, and she was already through Detroit anyways, so you literally already missed your chance on that. She she because uh, I had friends that went to the show. Yeah, and, and right. Yeah, she was up at Pine Knob in uh, Clarkston. As far as my jammy jams go, I have two things that are pretty different from each other, but just things that are, have been stuck in my head. One is the old Bill Haley and his comments uh, song, Rock Around the Clock, which I love that song so much in the first place. And then the guitar solo in that song is one of my favorite guitar solos of all time. And I, I mean, the song came out in the late 50s, early 60s. It is a killer, killer solo. Like, Isn't that the one he uses in Home Alone? I don't remember. I I haven't seen Home Alone in probably thirty years, so I don't I don't remember. But uh, Rack Around the Clock is against Home Alone. I don't have anything against it. I was just watching other things, and so <laughs> Bill Haley and his comments Rack Around the Clock, which is such a jam, and we we always put it on our playlist. And this is not a shameless plug for the playlist, but if you do listen to our playlist, or the next time you happen to hear Rack Around the Clock. Uh, I'm speaking to you, Michelle, and the listeners. Like, literally focus on the solo. Like, I'm telling you, for the next 70 years, guitar players continue to try to do what that guy already did in that one one solo. Uh, and then the other thing, and I can't remember, Michelle, if you know this whole album or not, but the other day I heard, for the first time in a very long time, I heard somebody that I used to know by Gautier. And that, first of all, that's a fantastic song. Somebody that I used to know is a great song, and I take nothing from that. But the rest of that album is so much better than it deserves to have a reputation for. Michelle is vigorously shaking her head no. You and I have always disagreed on this. Okay. I honestly couldn't remember where you stood on this. So everybody listen to me and not Michelle regarding this. Uh, There are cuts on that record that are like electronica. There's stuff that's like trip hop. Um, There's stuff that's like Motown. Uh, there's, uh, it's like, there's stuff that's like almost like a 80s Peter Gabriel style pop. Uh, so the album Making Mirrors by Gautier, which is the one that somebody that I used to know came from. That's a record. I just, I, like, I heard somebody that I used to know 
for the first time in a long time. And I was like, oh man, I got to revisit that record. And then I listened to the rest of it and was just blown away again. Like such a good album. So those were my jammy jams. And I just realized we covered so much in this first half of the episode. I didn't even mention what the main topic of uh, this episode is going to be. We're going we're gonna to get into it in a minute. So we're going to take our break as we always do. But when we come back, Michelle and I are going to get heavily involved in a uh, three-way totally epic cover battle for the first time ever a three-way totally epic cover battle over the song to make you feel my love you're listening to the infectious group podcast on the odd pods media network Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hilary Doherty. And we host the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. Hey, Tina, did you know that Elvis crashed the Nixon White House for the sole purpose of getting a DEA badge and it worked? Woo! <laughs> or how a gun control advocate senator out of California engaged in gun trafficking with notorious gang leader Shrimp Boy? <laughs> Shrimp Boy, I remember him. Okay, so, you know, we cover all of that and more from Malady madness mischief and murder in u.s politics and we also host a bi-weekly interview segment called lil muck we interview politicians journalists activists and others who share their experiences in politics find the muck podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on social media at the muck podcast hey you there we've got a question for you are you tired of clickbait stories and the loudest voices driving discussions and culture and entertainment if so i'm dylan I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we host the podcast From the Middle. We're middle-class guys living in the middle of America, in the middle chapters of our lives with points of view somewhere in the middle. We take a more reasonable and centrist approach in our discussions covering genres like comedy, culture, entertainment, and interviews with really interesting folks like business owners, comic creators, doctors, news anchors, New York Times best-selling illustrators, professional stand-up comics, and more. We really value a relaxed and conversational podcast, one that we hope is so fun and laid back, you'll forget you're not actually hanging out with us. So search at From the Mid Pod, just like it sounds, or check us out everywhere you can find podcasts. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. It's Russ. And along with me for the ride this week is Michelle. And you, the listener, are knee-deep in the season finale or season premiere of the Infectious Group podcast. I got Finale Michelle already. Aww. I got Michelle all super excited about another two week break there. Uh, the season premiere of the Infectious Group podcast. And as we always do, we knocked out uh, all of our topics in the first half of the show. When we go into the second half, we always have one specific topic that we're going to discuss the entire time. For our season premiere, we have chosen a totally epic cover battle. And because it is a special occasion of being a, uh, a season premiere, we decided to do the first ever three-way ultimate cover battle. And the reason why we did that is because I could be wrong, but I feel like the two covers of this particular song are far and away more known and popular than the original. Whereas a lot of times when we do these cover battles, you know, some people come to the table and go, oh, I didn't even know that was covered or like, oh, I... All I've ever heard is the original or whatever. So regardless, I wonder why that is that for some reason, this weirdly enough, this Bob Dylan version is not where widely known. Isn't that weird? Well, why don't we cover that here in a little bit when we get into what do you like about the original, uh, which we will in a little bit. When we do that, we share some facts about each version of the song that we're going to cover. Then we talk about what uh, what you like about the original, which in this particular episode is going to take a really long time because Michelle, if the text messages I've received from Michelle are any indication she just loved the original so much that I'm just going to let her speak for at least 20 minutes on how much. I believe you concurred. Oh, I we'll get into it. We'll get, hey, hey, hold your horses now. Uh, what do you like about the cover? And in this case, covers uh, of this song and uh, which is your favorite and why? And then the uh, question Michelle answered, which I always have a good twist on is which version would you recommend? No matter which one is your favorite, which one would you tell other people to listen to? The song in question this week is to make you feel my love or make you feel my love, depending on whose version that you listen to. I feel like make you feel my love is very aggressive. I'm going to make you feel my love. Make you. Well, you've just created a future drop for, <laughs> for use on this show. So I greatly appreciate that. Uh, yeah, but I looked into this. So I always, at the beginning of these cover battles, I always, or when we're doing an album review or whatever, I try and just shoot some quick facts out about the song. And I could find nowhere on the internet why some versions are called make you feel my love. And some are called to make you feel my love. I don't, I have no idea why, but I do agree with you that like literally that one word kind of makes it sound less aggressive. It sounds more complete to make you feel my love. So I don't, I don't No, me Didn't too. the original make you feel my love though. I believe so. Yeah. So, so I, that's what it is. right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the original, this song was originally written by Robert Zimmerman, better known as Bob Dylan. It was originally on his album Time Out of Mind, which came out September 30th, 1997. However, the song was first commercially released before the Bob Dylan album came out on August 19th, 1997. So like a month and a week earlier than Bob Dylan's album release, Billy Joel recovered, uh, co recorded a cover of it that is on his Greatest Hits Volume 3. I listened to that one too. Oh, well, we, we could have made it a four-way. Um, <laughs> Did you know they do a duet together? Yes. So here's one, one last fact about the original song that I found interesting. This song has been covered by more than 450 artists. Jesus. Do you know, by the way, this is not to put you on the spot. Do you know what the all-time record is for the song that's been covered the most? Is it uh, for what it's worth? <laughs> no, but I bet it's getting up there. Uh, Yesterday <laughs> by the Beatles. I can't even name one cover. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Moving what to say. Right to along. Garth Brooks was the first person to have mainstream success with a cover of To Make You Feel My Love. He covered it in 1998 for the soundtrack for the film Hope Floats. It won Best Male Country Performance at the 41st Grammy Awards, where Bob Dylan was also nominated for Best Country Song. I guess a little bit of a fun fact about this song is that it has never appeared officially on a Garth Brooks album. 
because it was only recorded for the Hope Floats soundtrack. There was a oh. there was a box set that came out with special edition CDs and they shoved it onto the Fresh Horses album, which would have been like Garth's newest-ish album at that time. Uh, but as a regular album, it's never been uh, released officially on a Garth Brooks record. Adele was next up to cover the song, uh, most notably, I should say. Uh, it is She did it in 2008 on her debut album, 19. It's the only cover on the album, and Adele did not want to record it at all when she did her uh, debut record because she writes all of her own material, or at least did at that time. And she was very, very forceful about the fact that she didn't want any covers of uh, any songs on that album. But she heard the song enough to where she was like, wow, that really is a great song. So based on the strength of the songwriting, she decided to include it on her uh, debut record, 19. And it didn't do much originally. Like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Their Chasing Pavements was a single. My Hometown was a big hit single. But that cover of To Make You Feel My Love was just kind of there. But then contestants on the British version of X Factor started doing Adele's rendition, like, in, in rotation. And that's what made it made her version really blow up. So them's all the facts about the three versions that we are going to uh, discuss with a little sidebar on Billy Joel's version as well. Having said that, this is the part of the show that's going to take a really long time because she's just got so much to say. Positive. Michelle, what do you like oh, about I, the original version? Nothing. Uh, that's not true. So I think that the lyrics are the strongest point, but not if Bob Dylan is singing them. So uh, as I have done. Can you call it singing? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to read you, uh, as I do sometimes, verbatim my notes that I wrote for this, um, My where I typed out, what do you like about the original? Nothing, period. I, uh, I'm i just not a Dylan vocal guy. So then- so What did I text you? I said, I th- I, is this a joke? Right. Yeah. You said, I'm, th- you said the, the Bob Dylan version has got to be a joke, right? That's what you said. And you said, no, I think he's actually serious. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's serious. <laughs> and uh, then like two days ago, you were like, I just listened to that version again, and I think it's a joke. <laughs> Oh, it's just so the next line that I wrote in my notes was lyrics, question mark, all day vocals, vocals, question mark, a hearty. No, thank you. That's what I put in my uh, in my notes there, because Bob Dylan inarguably can write the hell out of a song like he's in in arguably one of the greatest lyricists in the past 70 years. Countless people have had massive commercial success by covering Bob Dylan songs. Great. Is he still alive? Yes. <laughs> That's gotta be, I want, you know what I'm going to do one day? Cause we're like, I think we're like, I don't know what number episode this is. This is like 140 ish something. I'm going to go through and make a super cut of, is he alive? Did he die? Is she dead? I thought he was already dead. Is he dead? <laughs> I, th- I thought she was already dead. Really? She's still alive? I didn't know that. I'm going to go through and make a super cut of the, one of those. I love it. I don't know if it happens once per episode, but it happens <laughs> at least at least every other episode. Anytime we mention an artist who could be over the age of 70. Yeah. You're like, hmm, Dempsey's? <laughs> but yeah, Dylan, I just don't, I just don't like his vocal style. I never have. So I was like, maybe I just don't like Bob Dylan because I like went through it again today and was like really trying to get my poop in a group. And I was like, it's probably just Bob Dylan. So then I went to his Spotify page and I just played his hits and I was like, but these are good. Like in my opinion, like I'm not going to buy a Bob Dylan record, but like they're not fucking garbage. Like this is, I feel like eventually Bob Dylan just got to a place of being all out of crap to give. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I don't got to be later in his career then. Yes. This is from 1997. This has got to be later in his career then. Yes. What do you mean? When did he start singing? Bob Dylan? In the 60s, Michelle. How am I supposed to know that? I wasn't alive in the 60s. You're on a music podcast. (laughs) There's basic things we expect you to know, like when Bob Dylan started singing. I didn't even know if he was still alive, okay? Well, that that, you don't know who's... You're like, Noah Cyrus put out a record. I I think she's still alive. I don't know. With her dad? It could be post-humus. Oh, boy. Post- um, anyways, this is not the first time you've had me say is- that song on the sh- uh, that that word on the show. By the way, for you, posthumously, is what it's what you were trying to say. That is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes, I'm just going to copy and paste what you said into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but what was your point? You were going to say he the specific song gives out very big Tom Waits vibes. Oh, for sure. Which is another person that I respect the hell out of, but don't like his vocal style. Yeah. Is this were they around the same time then? Was Tom Waits like in the late nineties? 
I, like a Tom, was it a vibe? Tom Waits is a very weak subject for me. I didn't even know of him until you're like, on a music podcast, Russ. You don't know this. I'll just go ahead and finish that <laughs> sentence. I was <laughs> not even aware of Tom Waits until like the last, like the the very end of the '90s. So I he I'm very also I would argue Tom Waits is not even in the discussion for relevance with Bob Dylan. But that's just. As, as far as probably lyrics, no, but I would say I would listen to a Tom Waits song before I listen to this song again. Wow. Also, I feel like, and I, well, I was going to say, I feel like when Dylan came out, like the acoustic days and when he went electric and whatnot, I was going to say that's a totally different vibe than as he got older. You know, like I remember when this, when Time Out of Mind came out, everybody I know lost their mind and was like, holy crap, Bob Dylan did it. Like, this has got to be the best comeback record ever. And I list, I, I blind bought it and I listened to it like once all the way through. And I was like, oh no, all of my friends have no taste. And, uh, I need new friends. But when you take the lyrics and again, put it in nearly anybody else's hand, they're amazing. So this is how I don't understand how it, in my notes, I said, how did this, uh, how on fucking God's green earth did this become a covered song? Because who is listening to this? And is like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I'm well, going to cover this song. People who respect the hell out of the heritage of songwriting, like say Billy Joel, Adele and uh, Garth Brooks. How many songs does Bob Dylan have? A lot. I don't. So, but how did, how did this one? Anyways. Uh, well, I mean, in as much like, for example, you do, in Garth Brooks and Billy Joel, another connection there is the song Shameless. Garth Brooks is known for Shameless, but Billy Joel wrote it and never even wanted to release it as a single. It's on the same album as We Didn't Start the Fire. Like it wasn't even going to be a single or anything, but Garth Brooks got that, caught that record. And that song just touched him and he reached out to Billy Joel and was like, Hey, can I record this? And Billy Joel was like, I'm not doing anything with it. You know? So to me, this is probably the lineage. Garth Brooks is a huge Billy Joel fan, like huge Billy Joel fan. And Billy Joel is in turn a huge Bob Dylan fan. So I'm guessing Joel got the record, was moved by that song, did it. Garth heard his cover and was like, well, if it's good enough for Billy, it's good enough for me, you know, plus it's a great song, did his. Right. And, then, and then arguably in turn, that's probably what you get Adele putting her spin on it, you know? I see, I see. So moving on to the covers, what do you like about the covers? And Michelle, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know which one you're going to choose as your favorite and why, but... um. I would like for you to make every attempt to say something complimentary about, about both. I have, nice, I have nice notes. I will. I will tell you this. The I'll get the discussion going, then I'll pass it off to you for some things that you like. The first line that I wrote in my notes is Adele and Garth get these lyrics. Like oh, they, for sure, they get it. Like you, the way it's they delivered. Hear it. Yeah, yeah. Like white people, <laughs> white people hear Jimmy, but they don't hear Jimmy. Like they, yeah, they, they hear it. Yeah, they get both of them the way they sing this song. They get it. So that's the first thing that I love about both covers. What What do you like about both? So I feel like I really like. Okay, I have to break a lot of eggs for this. So the Adele song, I love the, and it surprised me when you said that she didn't want to do this because I feel like I love. The feeling that she has in the song like i can, right. i love the way the the intensity that she sings i love that part however the music part sounds like it's a karaoke version of yeah it's very of, of the bob dylan song yeah like i i don't there's nothing there for me and it's very cheesy to say to, for me to just put it not put it in and i don't know how else to say it. it's very cheesy musically the, the, but right. the, the way she sings in the lyrics, which are Bob Dylan's, are great. And then Garth Brooks, I think that he sings it great. I think Adele sings it better. But Garth Brooks' music is not as bad as Adele's. I feel like there's a lot more going on, and it's not as mundane, I guess. I do. It, it actually uh, whether, leads to something. It's It lends to the, to the vocals. Yeah. Whether it's the backing track or what, I think the Garth production is far and away better than Adele's. And, I can agree. And... It's probably partially backing track, and it's also partially probably that Adele was an unknown quantity at that time. This is a new artist recording yeah. her first record and uh, recording a cover of a song that's being forced on her by the label. You know, so I would ima I would imagine minimal effort was probably put into the production of that. Where Garth recorded his version in uh, what did I have in the notes? Ninety eight. So that's like peak Garth Brooks. Like this guy, you're talking albums. Every album he puts out just turns platinum the moment it comes out. He's on these huge tours. So it's like I would argue that Garth probably had the means to make his production quite a bit better, better too. Yeah. And then when you – but when you go back and look at Bob's, Bob's isn't that much better. Like, Yeah, but Dylan's known for sparse production and 
minimalist. He was. I mean, he totally was. I totally sure, know that about sure, Bob Dylan. Sure was. Uh, <laughs> Bob, guitar and harmonica uh, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. He was known for sparse production. Are those his middle names? Yes. Now, earlier in the show, I did say Bob Dylan's real name because Bob Dylan is not his uh, Christian name. Well, Bob kind of is. Do you remember what his name is? Robert Zimmerman. Good job. Hooray. Good for you. Someday we're going to do a quiz episode where I ask you like what uh, Bono's real name is and Sting and see if you can come up with any of them. <laughs> she looks totally confident in that. Here's what I want to say about the vocals on both of these. And I like both of them, but for different reasons. Adele, to me, sings this song from a very vulnerable standpoint. When I listen to Adele sing this song, it sounds to me like a person trying to stop a breakup. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm you're like, please don't go. I'll do anything to show you like how much I love you. Okay. Garth to me sings it from a very reassured, very confident standpoint. Like he's singing it like we're great. But in addition, I'm also just telling you how much I love you. Like he that. Make you feel my love. <laughs> Yeah. And then in there, of course, we remember Michelle's number one rendition where it is the uh, white with uh, white zombie backing her for the the metal it's rendition. The metal version. Yes. But yes. would you agree with that, though, on those? Yeah, I know I you I did. A, you did on Adele. Now, what do you think about Garth? Do you think that that is that the vibe you get from his vocal? That it's the vibe I get from his vocal, but that's the vibe I get from most of his vocals. Like, it's just. Yeah. Big. Well, you know, consider the source, right? Big. Big uh, belt buckle, big cowboy hat, you know, the way he prowls the stage. I mean, some people are so moved by Garth Brooks, they faint and sleep through. That's what I did. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the story you're going to go with from now on? Yes. I was so excited that I fainted for like half the show. Right. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good, strong uh, discussion over what we both like about the uh, cover. So we'll move into what's your favorite and why. And my thing is, I feel like. This, no matter who you are, this is going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to uh, the the version you heard first. Like no matter who you are, the version you heard first, possibly trumped by whose voice you like better. So like if you heard Adele's first, but you're not a big Adele fan, and then you hear Garth, you might be like, oh, like yeah, Garth's the way to go. And vice versa. If you heard Garth first, but you just he doesn't do anything for you, let's say like you were to fall asleep at one of his shows, uh, and then you heard <laughs> Adele's rendition, or you could e- it could even come down to what you're feeling more. Like if you're in a good, strong relationship and you are saying, you know, hey, confidently, this is great, then that version could appeal to you. If you are in a position where you are, might be, you see a breakup on the horizon, Adele's version might appeal more to you. For me, based on the fact that uh, it's the version I heard first and overall I like the confidence in the rendition, and I do like his voice more. For me, Garth Brooks wins this cover battle. Man, you got me on my toes. I thought the he could have been Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because I bumped my head earlier today, I went with Bob Dylan for vocal strength alone. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, I mean, you already knew this. I'm going with Adele. And it's the version I heard first. And I didn't even know it was a cover. And I really regret ever knowing it was a cover. Um <laughs> I prefer to think that Garth Brooks covered Adele, not that. And I understand time. I understand. I was going to say, yeah, you understand that at no point did Garth get a time machine out, go forward in the future, cover and hear Adele, and then come back. But it's just my jam. Even though, even with the weird karaoke church music in the background, I it's the one. If you were to say which version of the song do you want to listen to, it'd be Adele all day. Right on. Okay, I get that. I and and it. Does the emotion of her uh, rendition come into it at all for oh, you, or is it, it just does, her but voice? But also, I'd like to preface that by saying that um, Kyle and I are fine. Yeah, well, yeah, but you and We're Kyle weren't you, you and Kyle weren't Kyle in 2008, though. So that you know of. <laughs> God, there's been so much more going on that I didn't even know about. But oh, but God. having said that, though, you you appreciate her the, her the way she sings it. Even I do in addition to okay. and, and I, not, it, that, I really like Garth's version, but if it came down to the end of the day, which one of these two versions would you like to listen to? It's always going to be Adele. Right on. But I'm a big Adele fan. And so. actually, this is something I meant to mention at the top of this half, so I should mention it now. Now, normally we put whatever covers we're talking about on the playlist. This week we will put Bob Dylan, 
and Adele on the playlist because that's easily accessible. Garth Brooks famously does not have any of his music on any streaming service that people use uh, because of, <laughs> his, a lot of his music is on Amazon Music, but no one uses Amazon Music. So if, you, if you're listening to the show and you do have Amazon Music, then you can go listen to Garth Brooks' version of uh, To Make You Feel My Love. Uh, but Garth Brooks is very much stands up for artists' rights. And he refuses to have his music on the streaming services until all artists are paid equally for and and a living wage for the streaming. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, having said that, and I rarely, rarely encourage this on the show, um, I would like artists who are on streaming to get paid. But with this one, you can't. There's no way you can listen to it on streaming. So if you would like to hear the Garth Brooks version of To Make You Feel My Love, it is readily available on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and type in Garth Brooks to make me feel my love, at least 10 versions have been uploaded that come on, uh, that, that are available on YouTube that all sound pristine and album perfect. So, uh, you can check it there and sorry, we can't put it on our playlist, but I, I, I'm a Garth Brooks fan in the first place. And even if I wasn't, I can stand behind the reason why his stuff isn't on streaming currently. So, yeah, but this is for educational purposes. So it's fine. Yeah, well, if Garth cared about the children, you know, he would put his uh, music on that, or at least the You know who does or, care about the children? Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Yeah, Wu-Tang is for the children. Yes. So as we round out this topic here, we always ask which version would you recommend and why? And Michelle, if you were going to recommend this to somebody, if somebody said, uh, let I don't know, let's just say somebody was like, man, uh, I love the lyrics of that Bob Dylan song, but God, I hate his voice. You would go, boy, if I got a version for you, which version would I you know. tell people? You Really? Yes. Really? Okay. Well, I also choose Adele. And the reason why I would recommend Adele more is because it's more accessible because anybody can find it anywhere. If somebody was, you know, if I'm out in the middle of nowhere talking to somebody, I, I don't have to be like, wait, YouTube is buffering. Wait, hold on, hold on. YouTube is buffering, or you know, try and find it through the mess of a uh, interface that Amazon Music is, you know, to try and play. Here, this let out. me airdrop this to you. Yeah, I would just be. Well, I did that for you. <laughs> I sent it to you. I sent I it to you because I keep uh, Garth Brooks' entire catalog in my Dropbox at all times. Well, and then I didn't even think to look in YouTube, which I could have just done that the entire time. But I was playing it from my phone and then listening to the other two on Spotify. I find that it's easier on me in my life if I give you the fewest clicks possible, which is why I put the Dropbox link in the chat instead of telling you to go to YouTube. I feel like you doubt me. I do. doubt. I just did. I'm like, right now I'm in the process of doubting you. Like right now it's happening. I'm hurt. So that is why I would pick the Adele version. Just now, if, if all things being equal, if you could get Garth Brooks whole catalog on streaming, I absolutely would tell people to listen to Garth first. If it was somebody that I hated, I would recommend the Babylon version. <laughs> Is that how we're going to know going forward if you hate somebody? Like, I'll be like, uh, hey, what do you think of that woman? You're going to be like, I told her to listen to the Bob Dylan version. I'll be like, oh, my God. Wow, you hate her that much? You heathen. So I feel like this was a very fun and productive uh, discussion of it. And and I did come into this with kind of a foregone conclusion, thinking that you would uh, be rooting for Adele the whole time. However, I do think that you brought up some really solid points. And I like that you acknowledged some of what I had to say about the differences in the version instead of just being like, nope, no, I, nope, nope. No, I agree. And I like Garth. I'm not Garth Brooks's biggest fan. Brooks's Brooks. I'm not Garth Brooks's. Wait, well, well, I think it's Brooks's. Brooks's. I think Is I it? would. I think I would say I'm not Garth Brooks's biggest fan, but I think it's properly. Not it's, says. Yeah, I know. I've never, I hate, that's one thing I dislike about my name is the whole, do I put an apostrophe on it or not? Uh, Lauren. So you're not Garth Brooks. <laughs> yeah. You're not Garth Brooks's biggest fan. However, <laughs> However, I can appreciate the song by him, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't by any means turn it off if someone played it, um, whereas if Bob Dylan's version came on, I would actively leave wherever it was playing, grocery store, gas station, somebody's car, I would just barrel out. Get, you get you finally get to stop at a gas station, you're ready to put the pump in, Bob Dylan starts playing, you're like, <laughs> I, I open the door and it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> like Rob Zombie and driving around it is. <laughs> the other Bob. Well, this has been a very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is. This has been a very fun uh, episode for us. And I personally, I'm very excited to get back to this. I know we always take the breaks and we give Michelle a hard time about that. But you do, first of all, I understand you have a million things going that are not this podcast. And when you do come back, you always come back on fire 
which uh, and and I, yeah, and I do think that rotating through you and Kyle has kind of helped you be more on fire uh, each week. And as Twitter says, uh, you are full of more Michelleisms. Yes, I'm uh, doing it right. Yeah, you are doing it right. Having said that, a, a little bit of a look into the future. We do have a ton of guest hosts coming to third chair this show for us. Uh, if you were with us during the last season, then you know that we are blessed and uh, excited about all of our friends in the podcast community who are going to come in and sit down and fill that third chair. So I will be with you every week, uh, and then we will rotate through next week. Kyle will be here, Michelle after that, and so on and so forth. When Kyle returns next week, Michelle, I guess this is a blessing for you. We're going to do – we are back around to an album review, and it is a crowdsourced pick this time. And I will share it with Kyle tomorrow what it is. But the latest person to send us a suggestion is a uh, of a of a band that I personally have never listened to more than one song by. I didn't hate it or anything, but I didn't love it either. So it'll be interesting for uh, me to listen to an entire record by them. And I'm very curious what Kyle will think of them as well. Uh, That's that very, uh, that gives me no boost. Uh, yeah, I know. That, see, it's salesman. You know, you know people got to come back and find out what we're talking about, right? No, I don't like it. As we always say about this time, without music, life would be a mistake. Bye. Bye. The Infectious Groove Podcast is hosted by Russ Robinson, Kyle Wimple, and Michelle Kasalecki. Produced and edited by Russ Robinson. Intro and outro music composed by Chris Kimmel. Recorded with the Road Podcaster Pro and Road Pod Mike. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.